so. Found a receipt from the Cheesecake Factory for $17. What did we get at the Cheesecake Factory? It was on June 9th, 2017. So what? probably two pieces of cheesecake. Can you get two pieces of cheesecake for seventeen dollars? I think that's the only thing you can get for that cheap. So this is that like was it June? It was right before I moved here. Oh, so it's, it's Missouri cheesecake prices. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> because I was like, that, there's no way in hell we got two California pieces of cheesecake for seventeen dollars. You're out of your fucking mind. Invited to the Desert Island Society. Perfectly done. <laughs> spoiler Wolf is back. And the spoiler is we're super late with this episode. Woo! Once again, I am Xander. And I'm Madeline. Welcome to the Desert Island Society. We are only a week late. By the time we release it, I think it will be two weeks late. Whoops. We only put out one episode in January. Sorry. We'll be better. Maybe. No, I don't know. Hopefully. <laughs> I want to kind of address why, though. There's, there, there is a reason. It's not necessarily a good one, but there is a reason. Um, so... I work in retail, and I we, we discussed you know the, the retail pitfalls that come with the holiday season. Well, the other dark time for retail people is, and this is a, a moving thing, it, it, it doesn't happen all the time, at the same time every year, is the inventory process, yeah. which most stores have to do. So we were the lucky ducks because as literally the second the holiday period ended, our inventory prep started and our inventory was in January. So... I was, like, frantic because, again, they didn't teach me how to do any of the shit that I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And your schedule's been crazy. And I have just been working all the time, and I haven't had any time to, to do anything. Meanwhile, like, I'm sort of trying to put out this house party song and, like, figure out my life, which is not going so well. So... But you did make a really cool music video, and which, by the time this podcast comes out, it will come out the next day. It'll be out tomorrow. So yes. look for it because it's really cool. Uh, I worked really hard on it. I didn't know how to do any of the things I wanted to do. So I hand animated them in Photoshop, which is super cool. Um, <laughs> it looks seriously dope. It came out really nicely. and I'm very pleased with it. I, it came out so well that I am considering not giving up on music entirely, which is an interesting feeling. You should not give up on music because you're awesome uh, at it. So on the subject of music, what are we talking about today? Today's topic is cover songs that are better than the originals. Topical. Topical. Because that's the topic. Interest, incidentally, if you're interested in cover songs, this is not better than the original, but I did do a cover of We Are Never Getting Back Together by Taylor Swift. It's a really good cover. You should check out. It's on the Bandcamp, christianhouseparty.bandcamp.com. It's got a really cool photo as the cover that I took of Xander. Uh, you can't tell in the photo that I'm holding the brim of the hat because it's a floppy brim and I wanted a stiff brim, so I'm <laughs> holding it like completely taut. Behind the scenes. And we cropped it out. <laughs> so we were trying to ape the, the Taylor Swift cover. I think we did a pretty good job. I think I mean, we did too. We did. So anyway, that is not the topic we were supposed to talk about today. What were we supposed to talk about? I don't remember. That's. I don't know. The thing is, is like... I never come prepared for next week's topic. <laughs> so so if I, I were to ask you now, like, do you have any idea what next week's topic is? No. Anyway, we had scrapped whatever we told you last time we were going to talk about. We were going to talk about movies. And then last night, we were in the car. On our way back from Disneyland. And talking about... And we were talking about covers. And we decided we had a lot to say about this one. So that's where so we're, we're going some, to start. Some cover songs. Rules. Pretty straightforward. I'm going to have the Carpenter rule in effect. Again, as always, you know, one artist. I don't think you have to say one artist as the original artist, but you can't be like, when Marilyn Manson covered This Is Halloween, <laughs> when Marilyn Manson covered Sweet Dreams Are Made Of This. Like, you can't do that. You have to sort of spread it out a little bit. Spread the love, man. It has to be, I think, and this is not, I'm, I'm ready to argue about this with you, but 
Uh, I think that you're ready to argue with me about most things. It has to be different. You know, like the cover has to have added something. I mean, I don't know that you would pick one that didn't add something. I don't feel like you would, but like, I don't want to just hear like a straight cover where it's like, I like his voice better, but otherwise it's all the same. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Like, Like, um, did you ever hear the cover that White Stripes did of Tegan and Sarah's Walking with the Ghost? No. Like they're like basically the same but with jack white's voice yeah. i felt i was really annoyed when we saw afi they covered a cure song and they like it was like okay well that would that's what it would sound like if you sang for the cure <laughs> and you already kind of sound like you do so he wants to so let's uh let's get into it you want to go first yeah i want to go first because i'm pretty sure <laughs> this is probably like universally considered the thing of this topic and if i say it first then against is mine and not yours i see i see and that is hurt originally by nine inch nails covered by johnny cash you know what i think is interesting about this first of all because it's a great choice i mean obviously it's a fantastic choice is this is subverting the trope already because this is an older artist covering a newer song yeah. and that almost never happens well, and you know, we always, uh, at least I do, and I feel like I've talked about this before, I usually come into these topics with kind of what I want to do, but I always kind of look around at, like, Watch Mojo, or, you know, for this, I looked at, like, Paste and Rolling Stone and, like, whatever, and I feel like this one is pretty universally beloved, because it is such a transformative, unique cover. Like, it is so much different than the Nine Inch Nails version. Johnny Cash really brings his sort of, like flavor to the song totally and it just feels like his and i think you could play this for someone who'd never heard the song before and they would not say it was a cover one of my favorite quotes about anything is trent reznor talking about the cut this cover Mm -hmm. and he said when he heard it that it was like coming home to find out that your girlfriend had left you that like <laughs> that, that that this thing that was yours wasn't yours anymore, and he said that it wasn't a beautiful feeling, that it hurt, yeah. that it sucked, because he knew immediately that when he heard it that this wasn't his song anymore, and I think that's so beautiful and so poignant and like so exactly right, like that that even though you wrote the words, that this other person felt them more maybe or like expressed them in a way that was more universal and that song i mean it breaks my heart the music video is horrifying well and it's funny that actually the first time i heard this song i think i got it on a mix cd in high school or something and i was reading the gunslinger and i put this cd on and this was the, i was like not that far in and i put the cd on and i was like wait is this what is this, this triple is H? all <laughs> is this triple h <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke that's going to be hard to explain. Uh, anyway, it's, it's not like... not that hard to explain. You think all wrestlers are Triple H. Every time we see wrestling, you're like, is that guy Triple H? Not all wrestlers. Everyone that's not The Rock or John Cena could be Triple H. This has been very confusing <laughs> when we're watching, like, Bret Michaels... Or not Bret Michaels. Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. <laughs> yeah. Who, when they do Triple the fusion H. dance, become Bret Michaels. <laughs> She's like, which one of those guys is Triple H? How is Triple H fighting himself? <laughs> Anyway, the Johnny Cash cover of Hurt just like literally is the, I feel like the distillation kind of of the vibe of the gunslinger and they fit so well together and hearing that and I actually, that's one of the ones that I didn't know was a cover for a long time. I heard the Johnny Cash version first and I did not know it was a cover and probably for like a couple months. I knew it was a cover, but I don't know that I had heard, I certainly had not when I heard it the first time had ever heard the, the Nine Inch Nails song. I heard this cover the first time in eighth grade when it came out because i used to go to they had like this thing called campus life and i don't know if you ever do you have campus life where you were what is it it was like non-denominational protestant uh like youth group for cool kids uh <laughs> maybe you know i don't know you know that kid you went to high school with who like always had super cool clothes and was always talking about abortion like no, but I went to a school for nerds, so there was not the same stereotypes So, like, there. There, in mid-Missouri and Nebraska both, there's, like, a subset of the super cool kids who are, like, super, super conservative, and they all go to these, like, neo-Nazi, like, 
non-denominational Christian youth groups. So, when I was in 8th grade, I found out that this non-denominational neo-Nazi Christian youth group met at our school, and they gave free donuts away every oh Wednesday God. morning at 8. So my <laughs> friends and I would go get the donuts, put our headphones on, and like ignore what they were saying, and then go to school because it was free donuts. And our moms all thought, oh, they're going to the youth group thing. Like, that's good. Like, they'll meet good people. And, like, I don't really remember a whole lot because I listened to Rammstein and ate free donuts, and it was awesome. I was never really, like, ripe for indoctrination for that stuff. But, that's true. Um, But they played it at the youth group. That's an odd choice. Uh, the video and everything, and they were, like, talking about, like, you know, I guess Jesus or whatever. Uh-huh. Like, I watched the thing, listened to the song, and then went back to what I was doing. What, do you, were they talking about it positively or negatively? I don't know. <laughs> I watched the video, I listened to the words, I, and then... As soon as they started talking Literally about it, the second they stopped, I put my headphones on it. Because I, like, don't care. At all. Like, I, sure. I, I'm not into, like, weird hyper-conservative interpretations of Johnny Cash now, but I definitely was not into them then. That makes sense. But I didn't hear Nine Inch Nails for another four or five years because I wasn't interested. I was interested in Eminem, Rammstein, and Metallica. and So that's what I listened to. But I I think somehow they managed to take a... He, Johnny Cash, and Rick Rubin, I guess, too, who was around for that, um, managed to take a super dark song and make it darker. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to pivot off of that to a like super positive song that somebody made really, really dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am picking the Perfect Circle cover of Imagine by John Lennon. That's Which, a, that is a creepy cover. It's a super weird pick for me as somebody who does not like a Perfect Circle and does not like John Lennon. Um, <laughs> but that, I heard that song for the first time on the radio, and I'm using air quotes, quotes uh, that they play on, they used to play on airplanes. You could like, there was like 10 channels of radio. Oh, you could like stick your headphones into like the armrest? Yeah, and listen to the radio. Yeah. And when I flew to China, they had like this like NPR kind of program where they like talked about new albums that were coming out, like what they were about. And that album, Emotive, was just coming out. And they played three songs from it, which is the cover of Imagine, the pseudo cover sequel, Counting Bodies Like Sheep. And then the scary as fuck and absolutely amazing honorable mention cover of Fiddle and the Drum, uh, which is all acapella, and he just sings it straight for like four minutes, and it's super scary. But what I love about it is it, to me, really is what they what they were trying to do, which is to reframe these protest songs in for another generation. And I really do feel like that is our generation's version of that song where it's not happy and I don't think things are going to get better and it's sort of this like sick wistful thought about like where you know this is what it could be but it won't be and it's not like we could be there in a second if we just get together and do it it's like this is what it could be but it never will and it's yeah. like this like dirge for the world that could be and I love that and it's again we're talking about like subverting the expectation. The expectation. You took the most hopeful song I've ever heard and turned it into this, like, super depressing. <laughs> and I think that's where our generation is. I feel like I don't have any hope. You know, I, I don't I don't think things are going to get better. I, I think things are going to get a hell of a lot worse. And I think that until the, the Trump generation sort of dies out, like, there's no, like... All we can do is imagine what it will be like if we, these people would get out of our way. And, like, I was talking to you earlier, you know, with all the repeal of these, you know, intercontinental ballistic missile treaties. Yikes. But, like, holy shit. Like, we're, like, on the edge again. It's the Cold War all over again. Here we go. We've learned nothing. Anyway. Well, I, I think it's especially poignant. I don't know, for me, and I think for some other people our age, where it's, like, you felt like in 2008 when Obama got elected, like, oh, there is still some hope. And then, like, oh, here we are now. We we thought we had it, but really, like, the door has been slammed. Well, he failed us. Mm-hmm. And there isn't anybody else. And our parents insist on, like, these 
stopgap moderates to try to stop this psycho right-wing wave coming from their parents. Like... Yeah. I do think, too, the... The, the thing that's so effective about that song is that I think the best covers, like you're saying, are transformative. But, like, it doesn't feel... I don't think that cover feels like a cover. No. Like, covers that feel like that's just that artist's songs. Like, they, they obviously took other person's words, but they it feels like a Perfect Circle song. Yeah. If you placed it with their other songs, it doesn't feel like, oh, this is just something else that we took out. Yeah. And they really take to a different place that it just exists really well with yeah. the rest of their body of work. And they did, I mean, it's, it's aside from being poignant, it's also like really well put together. You mm-hmm. know, I think it's sort of what you're saying that like, it would, it's a kick-ass song and also super heavy, but like, I don't know. I always just really loved it. And I listened to it over and over and over and over again, that whole flight. Cause that's a long ass flight. Yeah. LAX to Beijing. Uh, I don't recommend it sans <laughs> iPod. Um, Imagine a world. But I bought that record when I got, literally when I got back. Like we got off the plane in San Francisco because we flew from Shanghai to San Francisco. And we got off and I bought it at the airport for like at the airport prices. Yikes. And it's just, it's a great, that's, that's the only Perfect Circle album I've ever owned. It's the only one I've ever listened to more than once. I don't like the Perfect Circle. I don't like Tool. I like am not into that at all, <laughs> but I love that record, and I think that that that's like where they were best. Yeah. Well, I have another song that is kind of on the same lines as yours, which is like took a song that seemed kind of like hopeful or like upbeat and made it a little less so. Yeah. Um, and also from a band that I don't really listen to at all, but sure. this so it's uh, running up that hill originally by Kate Bush and redone by Placebo. And Kate Bush is kind of a, I feel like a particular kind of artist you have to like. And I don't particularly like her, but... Which is so weird to me because, like, this is, this is... She seems like something you would like. I know, right? all of the... Right, it all makes sense. But the, the... I love the lyrics of the song. I think they're really cool. But she sings in this kind of, like, almost orchestral like choral way that i tend to usually really like but i don't feel like it fits with the subject matter like soft super moody vocals against a sparse background like this is a we've had this conversation before because like she loves bands like this Mm. um we've had this conversation about the bright eyes mountain goats divide we're like like, you hate the mountain goats (laughs) despite the fact that like you have somebody who loves bright eyes it's like Super moody, like overly uh, pop culture obsessed white guy Sad whining boy. about girls. Like <laughs> this is literally designed for you. Like the Mountain Goats is just bright eyes mixed with Chuck Klosterman. Like it, it's like the perfect thing for you, but you don't like it. Well, we can talk about bright eyes later, actually. Oh, okay. Well, we'll come back. So, so getting hey, getting back. Given I, your your Billie Eilish obsession going on lately, I'm very surprised you don't like. Yeah, Kate I Bush. think no, but see, I think Billie Eilish is closer to this the placebo cover than it is the Kate Bush cover, which is that it is a little bit more like sparsely arranged than the Kate Bush version, which I think is something that I like in a lot of covers, but it's now being relied on too much. Thank you, Lord. We've talked about this maybe before. I don't know if we talked about the podcast, but Xander and I have talked about this ad nauseum that like if you want to make a trailer for a new a movie just have lord or someone like lord cover a song and remove all the instruments yeah. from it <laughs> and slow the tempo down so that it's just like something happened <laughs> boom wait when and i'm head over boom <laughs> and you have that one piano key and it's like man i hope the tears for fears guys got paid big because they've done all of their songs they have done. Now. they've covered like, like everything everybody um so i do think the placebo cover falls into that a little bit but i do think they do enough with it they add a lot of electronic pieces that i think are really cool like the dun 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 and then hers i think that's it's like a little bit more upbeat but it's it's kind of arranged in a different way it's like very eerie and i think 
it was one of those things that just translated a mood so well. And the other version, I feel like, feels very conflicted, I guess. Sure. And I think it's just a really cool... It, it definitely was used for a lot of trailers. Yeah, they, they kind of went overboard. But then, you like trailer music I in do a like trailer way. music. Um, there's a Curve song, Hell of, Hell oh, yeah, of the a Water, that they fucking put that in everything. Yeah. And I love that. <laughs> like, it's, it's such a great song. A great song. Well, pivoting off of, of like, taking a, an 80s song and, like, upping the mood a little bit to, like, make it more fun. I'm choosing, actually, a cover from of a band I like. Which okay. doesn't happen very often. You don't very rarely do you hear a song that you already liked covered and think, "Well, I still prefer the new one." Yeah. And I'm I'm specifically choosing the the Bowling for Soup cover of "Just Like Heaven." Oh, interesting. Um, I don't know if I've heard that. You certainly have. I have. Yes, I. If you have ever listened to "Just Like Heaven" with me, <laughs> so one of the things I do when we go to shows, I will make a playlist on my phone of all of the songs that they play. So that I can like listen to the show again. Yeah. And when we saw AFI, they covered Just Like Heaven and they did a terrible, terrible job. I don't think they did a terrible job. They just, it was boring. It w- They just replayed the song. So in my playlist of that show, I put the cover from Bowling <laughs> for Soup because that's what it should have been. I feel like the Cure covers are not like, I don't think there are a lot of good Cure no. covers. No. I think they're hard it's to It's really cover. hard to do well. Like, what's that other... Doesn't 311 do... I don't want to talk about that. That song is on the Island of Shame, for sure. We will get to the Island of Shame <laughs> later. Um, but they up the they up the tempo a little bit, and it's like a little more punchy. And to me, like, that's what, that's what that feeling of that song is. Where it's like, that feeling of like, brand new, fresh love is like, it's not a, a walking tempo. It's a running as fast fast as you can tempo it's a breathless tempo and so when i hear that song that's how it should sound that's how those words should sound they should be coming at you almost out of breath because that's what being in love feels like it feels like you can't breathe and so they took these beautiful words and i love the poetry of that yeah song and they they made it work i think just a little bit better because it's just a little bit faster and it's a little bit more involved and they do some really cool things. And I'm going to come back to this in my... Because I, I just realized my list is two parts pop punk bands covering old sad <laughs> bastard songs. Um, and doing that cool pop punk like stutter stop thing, which sure. I happen to love. I don't much care for Bowling for Soup. Like they, they, I can take them or leave them. I don't dislike them. But that cover is really, really good. I don't think I know any Bowling for Soup songs except for 1985. I need to double check right now. I'm going to pull up my phone and do it because I think this might be a Goldfinger cover. I think it is. I don't think it's a Bowling for Soup song. I think it's Goldfinger. I think you may have whatever misremembered it because I don't think Bowling for Soup covered The Cure. And they had 1985. I know they had some other songs that were semi-popular, but I can't think of any of those. It is Goldfinger. My bad. <laughs> Bowling for Soup. Your covers suck. Gold, I'm just kidding. Goldfinger, who I also like. They did that song Spokesman. I think I put that on your yeah, you, mixtape when we first met. They talk about Felicity. It's one of... Oh, they also cover that. They cover... Nine Red Balloons. Yeah, they do a great job of that, too. All right. So, I'm a... My bad, Goldfinger. I would go back and pretend like I didn't do this, but I said Bowling for Soup like 15 times over <laughs> yeah, the course of this. So, you do one of those bad dubs, like on The Simpsons, yeah. where they're talking about the Super Bowl. My favorite team is... The Denver Broncos. Don't you think that the... <laughs> Denver Broncos. Will win? <laughs> See, now I'm going to go back. There you go. Later, <laughs> I'm going to do it in like a different voice. Well, we already talked about... Th- this next band is one that I do like the band, but I think that the cover is better. And we talked about them earlier, which is the song Four Winds by Bright Eyes and the Killers did a cover. Oh, man. What? They need to just do the whole catalog. <laughs> no, this Why? is perfect. Because, like, the the only problem with Bright Eyes is the guitar, the bass, the drums, oh and the God. way that he sings. <laughs> but, like, his lyrics are really good. So, like, if you... And the Killers are great. The Killers are great, but so is Bright Eyes. Dude. This is the best idea ever. No. Shh. 
Anyway. Killers, get at me. The Bri- Bright Eyes is one of my favorite bands of all time. Like, they were, like, my, my like, number one. With Pan- Panic at the Disco and Bright Eyes tied for number one in my heart for, like, ten years. What's fascinating about you saying that is that I also feel like Panic at the Disco would be better if they were the Killers. <laughs> Don't. That's, <laughs> them's fighting words. You what? know they have a feud, right? I'm just saying. Both Vegas-born bands, they don't like each other. Topical. <laughs> this is amazing. The Killers need to cover the complete catalog of both groups, although not the new Panic at the Disco. I am. Uh... Which I am sending right now. Island of shame. Oh boy, do I never want to hear anything. It just it just makes me sad because I really like High Hopes. I think that's a good single. And I really like Death of a Bachelor, which was their last album, a lot. And I just feel like this album has none of the charm of the last one or any of the roots of like the beginning of Panic the Disco. It's just like not any of the things I like. But let's get back to the topic at hand, which is that Four Winds is a great song. And like you're saying, Connor Roberts is an amazing He's lyricist. He's a fantastic lyricist. His topics are just so... The way that he uses words and the things that he talks about just like kind of hit really close to home for me. Um, but I do find he kind of gets like stuck in, in the way that the like orchestration of the instruments are. Sure. I feel like in this space, and I can't... I'm not a good describer of music which you know so i feel like this is a bad well and i don't know this song at all so i can't have to play you both the covers but i think what what the killers do to it is they they bring that sort of like electronic feel to it that i think just elevates it a little bit like i i am now upset because i don't have the ability to to myself do what i want to do which is to take a Hot Fuss era Killers sound mm-hmm. and apply it to First Day of My Life, a song whose lyrics I really love. Yeah. And I feel like it would be, if that was Jenny was a friend of mine, that would be such an amazing song. And I can't do it because I am not smart enough. Yeah. I think like in my mind, so for what? I just got my other Island of Shame nominee. <laughs> this okay. just made me remember what it was. Save it, save it. No, I just got to write it down. Give okay. me, you go ahead and keep talking. So I feel like the thing that the Bright Eyes Four Winds does is it really captures the feel of being in the desert, right? Like that's kind of the vibe of that entire Definitely. album. It's like a very like Moab, deserty song, and it really does capture that vibe. But I feel like the Killers version like takes that to another to another level and like brings it from like the way that a lot of bands want to exist in the 60s and they're like no like we're existing in the now and this is like what being in the desert is in the 2000s if that makes sense yes and i think that's really cool well and if they could update that to be like listenable to to me that would be great because like i i really do want to like bright eyes and i just can't (laughs) like it's okay you can keep the mountain goats and i'll keep bright eyes we'll just meet dude i do i feel like did you ever watch battlestar galactica no okay so out in the middle of space yeah the very first shot of the show there's out there's this this meeting point out at the edge of the of like the demilitarized space where the cylons and the humans can meet and they go out once a year to try to meet with each other to see if anything's going to happen and I feel like that is where we are at this. <laughs> or like, like the hotel in John Wick. Yes, it's like this. This like the Mountain Goats Bright Eyes like Cold War that we've got going <laughs> on at our house, where like occasionally one of us will play one of the other songs to try to be like ah ah. One day I'm gonna get you on this Mountain Goats thing. Never. It's so good. No. I think if I made you read Chuck Klosterman and played it in the background, I think you would finally understand. We'll see. All right, so in keeping with, and this is, in keeping with um, updating songs to, like, the present. Yeah. um, I am picking, and this is interesting because you showed me this. It was on a list of worst covers (laughs) ever. (laughs) I think it was by Paste. And, like, this is my favorite cover of any song (laughs) ever, uh, which is the Atari's cover of... Boys of Summer by Don Henley. Yeah. Which, again, I hate the Eagles. I hate Don Henley. I don't much care for the Ataris, frankly. I don't know <laughs> I, I know any Ataris songs. 
They have a really good song on the Spider-Man or Spider-Man 2 soundtrack. I can't remember which one it is. Not possible. <laughs> uh, I Those got were it. my first two CDs that I purchased the with my own money. The Spider-Man 1 and 2 soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, I got them from that like Columbia BMG like CD subscription thing you could mail in. And yeah. they would send you like 12 CDs for like 99 cents, but then they would charge you $100. $45 each, yeah. <laughs> so... One of the things, and I guess I'm going to like just do a brief sidebar here. I don't want to get too too tight on it, but I'm going to just say it because it's my show and I can do it. Uh, so I have like some serious depression issues that I go in and out with. Um, and sometimes they're bad and sometimes they're good. And like right now, it's pretty bad. It's probably the worst it's, it's ever been. Um, and so I can't listen to this song because this song breaks my fucking heart. Like, I will... I, it is not safe for me to have this song around. There's like three or four songs in the world. One of them being uh, Glycerin by Bush, which is not a good song. And Bush <laughs> is not a good band. But the use of cello in that song makes me want to die every time I hear it. Do you feel like it really hits you because it takes you like to a certain space? Or yes. it's the Or it's the actual song itself? Or it's like the emotions that come with it. When I listen to the Boys of Summer by the Atari's version, I could probably listen to the Don Henley version okay. It comes mm-hmm. on at work sometimes and I'm like sad, but it's not like the end of the world. But I it conjures a memory that I can smell. I can feel in my... like I, I It has a, a, a tactile element to it. A smell, a taste... Like, it it reminds me of being young and feeling free. And, like, I think one of my biggest problems is that I feel like I am old and confined. And so when I think about being young and free, it makes me, like, super upset. Because it's like, I'll never be able to go back. They do a couple of really interesting things in the song. My favorite of which is that, that stutter stop at the very end where they cut all the instruments and then they slam into that chorus. And it just makes that punch a little bit harder. Yeah. They do some cool updates, too, like the Deadhead sticker to the Black Flag right. sticker, right? Where it's like, that's a small change, but it does, like, it says something. Well, and, and I it thought, makes it theirs. I thought it was really stupid. I remember at first being like, oh, yeah, Black Flag. Like, who would put a Black Flag sticker on a Cadillac? And then I was like, well, that's the whole point, isn't it, that you saw a Deadhead sticker on a Cadillac? That means it has to be that person's car, because who the hell else would do that? Yeah. You know, I thought it was kind of a forced reference, but then when you think about it, it, it fits. I feel very similarly about the very bad cover of uh, Zombie that whoever did. Oh, yeah. But they changed the thing to talk about drones and stuff, and, like, it seems like a forced reference. And, like, that's not a good cover, but, like, that reference is topical, and it makes sense to me when you start thinking about it because they're talking about a conflict that's happening right in front of you. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I give that song a little bit of a pass, because we, I was the one who was, I think I was the one who was hating on it originally. And yeah. you were like, well, isn't, isn't it by another like Irish band? And like, and then I was like, yeah, I looked into it. And they also donated all of their proceeds of that song too. Well, and you know, they were talking, she was talking about the, the troubles in the IRA, you know, Brit unionist struggle. And so there were tanks and stuff involved in that. Now they're talking about a different kind of war with a different kind of victim and I think updating something to reach a new audience and say like, hey, this thing that they were singing about before is still real and mm-hmm. it's still happening. And just because it's not happening here anymore does not mean it's not happening somewhere else. Yeah. I, in conclusion, I fall into this like nostalgic fantasy when I hear that song. And sometimes that makes me feel really good. But when I am in a low ebb, I can't listen to it at all. But I do love that song. And fuck Paste. <laughs> they can fight me about it. I'm ready to take them down. I don't actually know it was them or... No, fuck them anyway. And all, most of those magazines are... Listen, if your music website starts with P, you're probably an idiot. Pitchfork, Paste, Paper. <laughs> all of these people are idiots. Fuck them. Fight me. <laughs> um, do we want to hit some honorable mentions before we Have sail to the island of shame? Yeah. Okay. Honorable mentions. Yeah, I have a few. Do you have a few? Do you want yeah, to I do. Hit me. So one of the ones that um, it it's not like strong enough for me to put on my list, but I think the Guns N' Roses versions of Live and Let Die is way better than the Wings version, but it's Wings, so like, <laughs> it's not a great starting point. To, to paraphrase from High Fidelity, immediate disqualification <laughs> um, but for its involvement with Paul McCartney. The, cu- the Guns N' Roses cover did give us the Saw theme song, which they ripped straight from that song. So here's the real question. You have to have dinner with one of the people who sings that song. Do you pick Paul McCartney 
Or do you pick Axl Rose? I don't know. They're both insane. I feel like Paul McCartney would be a much better dude. I think I think Axl Rose, if you could get him, if you could like drug him in such a way that he would talk to you, that would be more interesting. But Paul McCartney would be like more over pleasant. I think. I feel like also you know I just don't care about. I'm Paul pretty McCartney. hard on Paul McCartney, but I do like. Do you, do you remember that he was on The Simpsons? Mm-mm. So he's on that episode of The Simpsons with Simpsons. Ringo. No. Oh. That's a different thing. Uh, I think they were, all the Living Beatles were on The Simpsons, but separately. Oh, okay. At the time, Dick's out for George Harrison. Um, but Paul McCartney was on the episode where Lisa becomes a vegetarian. Oh, I don't remember that. And his his caveat for doing it, I thought was really interesting, which was he's like, yeah, his, Paul and Linda McCartney both came on it, but he was like, the old, my caveat for doing this is that Lisa is a vegetarian forever after this. Oh really? She has to stay a vegetarian, and she does. And she does, and I and like he had this like super profound impact on the show, and I think wisely saw that that was going to show vegetarianism to tons and tons of people. Yeah. And I just think that that's neat. No, that's cool. You know, and it's it's like how to be Morrissey without being Morrissey. Can I have dinner with Jigsaw instead? No. Is that one of the options? (laughs) You have to have dinner with somebody who's saying "live and let die." Uh, uh, or I, I would pick Grace Jones, who was in Live and Let Die, I think. <laughs> no, I think she was in A View to a Kill. Never mind. Um, Reach us very... Which uh, <laughs> James Bond movie was Grace Jones in? View to a Kill. Thank you. That makes sense. Uh, a couple more honorable mentions. Like you said earlier, this is a cop-out, but most things Marilyn Manson covers yeah, the, are just really the Marilyn good. Marilyn Manson 80s covers are all fantastic. And then... Cat Power does a whole album of covers, and they're all really good, especially Sea of Love, which will make you cry like a baby if you listen to who, it. Who did that? Um, I actually didn't it's write like that down. It's like a various artist. Yeah. Okay. It's like a bunch of different covers of different artists. I can't remember who does Sea of Love originally. I guess that breaks the rules. Uh, well, no, not for honorable mentions. So okay. one of my honorable mentions, I want to say that I literally did this entire list in Slayer covers <laughs> before I made the rule that you couldn't do that. So, I'm surprised you followed your own rules. Usually they're just for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to mention some Slayer covers. I did have five and a another honorable, a sub honorable mention in that. So I want to say the the Mock Rider Dead Skin Mask Synthwave cover, which is fucking cool. It sounds like a horror movie sci-fi thing. Oh yeah, that you were playing that yeah. one for me the other day. That's, That's great. That fucking kicks ass. Yeah, it's such a good cover. Um, Captor of Sin by At the Gates, um, which is fantastic, and everybody loves At the Gates. The, <laughs> I do not A sub shout out to the next two Which are both Polish death metal bands uh, The decapitated cover of Mandatory Suicide Which is the version of that song we covered In Creaturezoid Because it's better uh, And the Vader cover of Raining Blood Which I think deserves a special shout out Because they not only did they cover Slayer But they covered like the quintessential Slayer song Although, didn't Tori Amos do that one, too? That was That's cool. the honorable mention. Why don't you step off my toes here? <laughs> the Tori Amos cover is an honorable mention in that because it's interesting but not good. I think it's cool. It's, it's cool. It's not good. I don't know. You would not listen to it on purpose. Yeah, maybe I would. Whatever. And then the Angel of Death cover by Apocalyptica because it's super funny to hear like the fastest guitar song I've ever heard played on cello. But... Slayer is one of those bands that I feel like exists to be covered by people with better production value. Shots um, fired. That's and that's Rick Rubin's fault. Like <laughs> it, my my point is that Slayer may, they write really good songs uh-huh. and like Dead Skin Mask sort of proves that like when you translate those notes to a completely different style, it still sounds cool. It still is cool, yeah. I also want to shout out while we're on the the metal covers. Um, Slaughter the Bluegrass, which is a bluegrass band that covered an At the Gates song, and then they covered Twilight of the Thunder God by Amonomarth with like a Spanish guitar instead of like an electric guitar. Instead of bluegrass, they did like, they play the whole song as a bluegrass song, and then they do a Spanish guitar solo. And it is so cool. And I am a longtime hater of the metal song as something else cover. Yeah. It really bothers me. Because I have this sense that people are trying to justify heavy metal's existence by being like, "See, it's good outside of its context." And I'm like, "It's good in its context. Yeah, it's, it doesn't it's need. It doesn't fine. have to justify its existence." 
However, that is fucking cool. And I super, super highly recommend checking out the Twilight of the Thunder God cover by Slaughter of the Bluegrass. It's awesome. Before we go to the Island of Shame, I did have a question for you about how you felt about the group, the sort of genre of like vitamin string quartet covers. What do you think about that? You pro, they also have the Rockabye Baby series where they cover all these different songs in, in like Glockenspiels for babies. What do you think about those? I don't know. I'm of two minds about it. On the one hand, like the Vitamin String Quartet and then like Apocalyptica, which is just a better, more exciting version of the Vitamin String Quartet <laughs> because they like do it live with yeah. fireworks and stuff. But on the one hand, I'm really, really against this idea that those songs need to be justified by being like, well, look, if they had strings underneath and they would be good. Um, it really does bug me. You know, I don't mind the S and M. You know, when you do add symphonic elements to otherwise heavy songs, Dima Borgir is kick ass. They've got the cool symphony stuff going on in the background. In general, I find it really obnoxious. But on the other hand, people have to get married, and (laughs) it seems to me that that's why Vitamin String Quartet exists. That's so true. (laughs) uh, Is to provide the version of. Nothing else matters that you could play at your wedding. And or, walk down the aisle. Or too. whatever the hell it is. <laughs> That's fair. Um so I don't dis I don't I'm not against it. I just think that it's lazy a lot of the time. That's fair. That's that's a good response. I was just curious what your opinion was. Um, I kinda like I kinda like the Rockabye Baby ones. I don't know why. I think they're kinda fun, but I would never listen to them like Sure. When I was just sitting around. Yeah, and and I think that, like, if we had a baby, I would be like, I would play music that a baby would like. You don't need to play, like, like it's okay that your baby's not listening to Metallica. It's a baby. <laughs> it's, it's, like, I don't know, though. I wonder if they should, they should do a study. If you play, like, the baby version of Nothing Else Matters, when they hear Nothing Else Matters later in their life, do they, like, kind of recognize it? Well, and, like, I would just play punk music for my kids, but you don't want to scare them. But, like, I feel like once you're, like, two years old and, like, a loud noise is not going to immediately set you off, like, now we're going to listen to the Ramones. <laughs> I feel like the Ramones is a good place to start with a baby. <laughs> like, don't go in the basement. That's a good tip for a baby. Like, don't be a brat. These are important <laughs> things for babies to learn. Um, you don't start a baby on minor threat, but, like, you work your you way up. You can get there. But I feel like five years old is a perfect age for minor threat, like... I want you to run around screaming like filler at the neighbor kids so they don't come over here anymore. Well, I have a group of songs. Hey, I still have one more honorable mention. Oh, jeez, you have like a hundred honorable mentions. Well, what, that big Slayer one was just one. Oh, sure. Um, I see. You make the rules so you can do whatever you want. There's no rules on honorable mentions. I just wanted to throw in So What by Metallica. Okay. <laughs> because he blew out his voice on that song, but you could hear him just... When you turn it on, you just yell, so fucking what, really loud, and I just like that. Okay. It's just good. And it's historically important, because that was the last time Metallica kicked ass. Oh. Because he blew his voice out, and after that, he sucked. But That's sad. Fine. What what group of song are we okay. sending to the island of shit? All... Of the songs that are covered on Glee. Agreed. There is one song on Glee that I think the cover, it's not better than the original, so don't let me say this, but it is a cool cover, which is um, Corey, whatever his name is, rest in peace. Um, he so. did a cover of Girls Just Wanna Have Fun. That was a really cool cover. I really liked it. It's not better than the original, but it, it was something that Glee did not do very often, which was like, do something kind of creative and like stretch the limits i felt like glee's biggest problem i did watch the show but their biggest problem is like they did a lot of really safe covers which was like the kids bob version yeah. of don't stop believing you just did it with some teenagers who have good voices yeah. cool I, I think we could push that whole thing into the sea <laughs> i'm ready to be done with that goodbye <laughs> Thank you. No, thank you. Goodbye. So all the Glee covers, pretty much Island of Shame. I like that one, but nope. if it has to go to the Island of all Shame, all of you it go, go to the cross with the prisoner. 
Um, goodbye. Wow, I hadn't even thought about that. Because, like, I fucking hate Glee. But I hate Glee so much, I don't even, like, it doesn't even occur to me. Um, I am banishing something that I saw on a lot of best... Best list? Covers ever. And, like, every single person who thinks this is a good cover is wrong. Oh, no, what is it? And I am, like, I'm not... I know I say this a lot. I use the fight me thing a lot. But, like, I will physically fight you <laughs> if you think this is a passable song. Okay. And that is the Disturbed cover of Sound of Silence. Oh. Which is so nightmarishly bad. I don't think I've heard that. It is a crime. It is an artistic abortion. It may be the worst song released <laughs> in the last 20 years. <laughs> wow. It makes the the Weezer cover of Africa... Oh, I hate that song. ...seem like... I didn't even put that on my... I should have. The... The very pinnacle of art. It makes that song seem like Johnny Cash's cover of her. That's a horrible, horrifying statement you just made. I have never been so insulted <laughs> in my entire life than by this cover. Disturbed is already a bad band. But, like, <laughs> the fact that they felt the need to, like, piss all over, like, a total classic. Yeah. It's awful. It's horrifying. There, I hate the cover of Africa that Weezer does. And it gave me a semi-visceral reaction. But the true cover that has given me the worst visceral reaction is the My Chemical Romance cover of Desolation Row. Agreed. That they played at the end of The Watchmen. It made me feel like my skin was crawling. I wanted to throw up. It is so bad. To this day, I have not forgiven Zack Snyder (laughs) for that. Because that was his idea. That song... It, uh, here's the thing, guys. If you know me, which you probably do if you're listening to this. Yeah, I'll post a picture of you that I found the other day. <laughs> I really like my chemical romance. Here's the thing. is like, it feels really bad to say this because I really like them. Um, but that song, that cover, is atrocious. It's, it's terrible. It, 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 it's just like, it's like the Suicide Squad of songs. <laughs> That's that's just don't listen to it. Don't go seek it out because you'll just be unhappy. Okay, just know that, that you should never listen to it. Yeah, it's it's definitely the worst. Um, I don't and like my chemical romance is already pretty bad, so it's interesting to me that they managed to make to like lower my opinion of them because I wouldn't have thought it possible. Like. They've got some good songs, but that is not one of them. So I originally had selected the the co- the the cover of Bella Lugosi's Dead that they put in that perfume ad <laughs> for yeah. this. But I have recently, you're reminding me with Glee, I am going to say the cover album produced by Hot Topic of The Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> that every girl I've ever... Dated. Dated. Has, has, like, insisted that I listen to since I was 15. If I never hear the Marilyn Manson cover of This is Halloween ever again. Didn't we put that on one of our previous episodes? I don't know. But I'm shipping it out again. Bon voyage to the island of I don't, like, to quote Chancellor Sutler from V for Vendetta, add that to the blacklist. I never want to hear that piece of music ever again. Like, goodbye. No thank you, goodbye. (laughs) Okay, I have one more thing to send to the Island of Shame. Well, it's like a group of things as well, which is all versions of Big Yellow Taxi. (laughs) They all go to the Island of Shame. They're all terrible. I don't care that we paved paradise and put up a parking lot. I never want to hear anyone say that song ever again. I would like to single Go out away. John Mayer for doing a particularly offensive version of that And song. the Counting Crows. And I'm pretty sure the Black Eyed Peas did a cover. Literally all the covers of Big Yellow Taxi and even the original. You know what? If we have to throw them all, take them all to the Isle of Shame. I hate that song. I never want to hear that song again, Space Ghost. 
I don't know if we could use our authority of from cover songs to banish the Black Eyed Peas to the <laughs> Island of Shame, but I feel like if we could, that I like I don't ever want to hear anything from it, from them ever again at all. I just really hate that song. It's annoying and it's stupid, and I understand the message is positive. Like we shouldn't get rid of all of the forests and stuff, but I just I don't care, John Mayer. You don't have the authority to say that to me. Get out of here. You enormous (laughs) dick-having asshole. Um, He's also involved in another terrible cover of Beat It by Fall Out Boy. Fall Out Boy, another (laughs) band who is marked for immediate uh, shipment to the Island of Shame. There's going to be a real, like, checkered shoe shortage on the Island of Shame. (laughs) Because everyone who's there is wearing them? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> they're gonna need replacements yeah I, I hate that song uh a lot and it should be destroyed it should um you got one more i do, i do but i don't like okay. i have one but i don't think i need to say it okay. i'm going to which is i would like to banish all covers of last christmas but i'm pretty sure that i sent <laughs> last christmas to the island of shape once already so anybody who was missed in the first dragnet <laughs> I hate that I mean, song. It what? It's February tenth as we're recording this, so I'm sure fifty more covers have been made since you last said it. So those fifty people, they can all go to the so island. Of everybody shame. dies. That's the end of it. <laughs> so that's all I've got for this week. Thanks for listening. Yeah, what are we, I don't know what we're talking about next talking week. About next don't week. ask me. I don't know. If you have a suggestion, you can tweet it to us at Desert Island S O C and Check out my music video. Yeah, please go check out uh, Christian House Party, uh, Instagram, The song is Band called Camp. Rolling Midnight. Super cool. Um, I wrote it, and it's the truth. So, Thanks to everyone who's uh, left us five-star reviews. Yeah, do that. Please leave us five-star reviews. Um, be nice to me. I'm in a fragile space right now. Send Xander some love. And I'm lashing out with, with rage and hatred at... <laughs> George Michael, um, <laughs> the black eyed peas. He can handle it. I think he's dead, so it's he really is. not that big of a deal. But that's why he can handle it. I dig his dead ass up and ship him out to the island of shit. Um, that's so sad. Whatever, fuck him. Uh, let's see. Is, do we have anything else to announce, report? Or, we will try. I'm trying. We really are, guys, trying to get on a regular schedule, and I'm really sorry about the delays yeah please be patient with us Um, we appreciate everyone who's still listening and uh if you are in the southern california area uh and would like to come be on the show uh get at us shoot us a message and we'd love to have you come out and we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about and i hope to see you guys soon cheers stay spooky I think that was a good episode.